guys, welcome back to Tea Time with Tea. I'm your host, Teresa. And today we have our second guest on the show, Joshua Guzman. A little bit about Josh. Josh is 32 years old. He is currently working as an attorney in New York City. He graduated from Stony Brook University. And then he went on to law school. Amazing. Yep. So amazing. Do you want to add anything else about yourself, Josh? Uh, no, that's fine. Cool. Yeah. Let's get into it. Sure. Josh, so as you know, or may not know, the show is about motivation and people that are motivated, what drives them. Um, so why do you have me on? Because I feel <laughs> that you are a motivated person. Do you consider yourself a motivated person? Um... I would say in some respects, yes, in some respects, no. But I think the traditional sense of, of uh, being a quote-unquote motivated person is, you know, somebody who's, you know, cutthroat and, and willing to do anything to climb the corporate ladder and, you know, make as much money as possible. And though in that respect, you know, I, I'm not motivated to achieve that. I am motivated... Um, in other respects, to, to leave my mark on the world or, or, or at least, you know, leave my mark on, on, on different people, you know, in whatever respect I can to make a positive impact in their life. The reason I had you on this show is because we had a conversation, me, you, and your girlfriend, Caroline. So as you know, me and Caroline, we're both in our mid-20s right now. Um... And we were kind of complaining about our jobs and what we're doing and kind of trying to figure out, like, do we want to move up in the corporate ladder? Um, our status, our title, the money that we're making. We were complaining about it all because we felt that we weren't accomplished and we felt that time was running out for us. And you kind of turned to us and said, hey, when I was 26 years old, I only had $200 in my bank account. And for me, that's something I've never known about you. So I kind of wanted to know, like, how did you go from having $200 in your account to becoming a lawyer? Um, well, I would say when I was 26, I was, I just graduated law school. So I, I, I just became a lawyer. Um, and I got a job, uh, in-house and for those of you that don't know um when you graduate law school you, you usually start off at a law firm but i was lucky enough to get a a, a pretty good and secure job in-house working for canon usa which means you work directly for a company instead of working at a law firm which is way more tedious a lot more hours and way more I guess, traditionally cutthroat and way more stressful. Is there where way more money in that? Um, I, I would say the money is, is probably... There is a greater opportunity for to make a lot of money in a law firm um, because you're not salaried, right? Like, And no matter how much the company makes, you know, they might give you a nice bonus, but you're not, you're not a, a shareholder. Um, when you work at a law firm, you have the opportunity to make partner and essentially become a shareholder 
in in the law firm and if you if you guys make a big case you make a lot of money um but when i was 26 going back to your question um i just graduated i got a job in house i was salaried attorney and you know i i just started working so i didn't have a lot of money in my my bank account and it was tough for uh, for a few years and i remember um, probably, you know, just going to a lot of weddings and, and, you know, like having to be cautious uh, on, on what I spent or even what my gift was during these weddings, because I literally only had a few hundred dollars in my bank account. If I gave it a large gift, I wasn't going to make rent. Right. So, you know, that was tough. Um, so when I hear, when I heard you guys talk about, you know, your age and where you are and, you know all these things, you know, it's like, all right, guys, <laughs> like I, I was there. I understand the struggle. I understand the, the, uh, you know, the stress, but trust me, if you, you know, remain motivated and you, you stay open and positive to, to incoming opportunities, things will change and they can change in the blink of an eye. Do you feel Mm-hmm. that money motivates you or was it something else like obviously money motivates you especially after going to law school when you're carrying all this uh student loan debt you want to get out of it yeah you don't want to be that person who's paying off your student debt loan into your 50s and 60s and 70s right um so in that sense it motivates you you want to get out of it you want to you want to have freedom Right, I think money motivates people. Most people don't like; they don't care about. Not that they don't care, but you know, they want freedom. They want to be able to do what they want to do when they want to do it, and money allows them to do that. But there's only a certain amount of money, you know. If you know the difference between ten million dollars and a hundred million dollars, you know. In terms of happiness, what makes you happy is really not that different. I know it's a $90 million difference, but you'll still be able to do what you want to do with $10 million, right? You don't think so? What, what would you do with $10 million? I mean, I could think of a few things. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, but I think it comes back to the point of like, I don't think money buys happiness. It does give you freedom. And I think the freedom is what makes you happy, right? Essentially. Yeah. So I mean, if if you're you were, right, you're right. <laughs> if you were able to do what you want to do and not say say okay, it's eight o'clock in the morning or you know whatever time you wake up, you know say like seven o'clock in the morning, I have to wake up, I have to go on a subway, I have to do X, Y, and Z. That makes you unhappy because you don't want to do that. <laughs> it absolutely does make you unhappy, and that's where I kind of feel a lot of people get stuck. So they're in this nine to five job where they're making X amount, whatever. They're making six figures a year, but they're miserable. And to me, I'm like, I would rather sit here and do something I love. And essentially, I feel like that would make me happy. But then it's like, okay, but then I don't have any money. What do I do? Yeah, but that's, that's you know, if, if you were... If you were making, if you had a job that allowed you to kind of do what you want to do, you know, within limits, you know, I'm sure you'd still 
have to like perform some task, right, right. to make the money. But if you had that job and it only paid you fifty thousand dollars and you had no other uh, debt obligations and you can travel when you want to, you could see your family when you want to, you wanted to uh, whatever you wanted to do that day. You wake up and and you could just watch Saturday morning cartoons in your underwear and eat a you know box of Fruit Loops. Whatever makes you happy. I think that would make you happier than having that $150,000, $200,000 job where you're required to, you know, show up nine to seven or whatever it is and travel in a crowded subway and spend time away from your loved ones and whatever it is. Even though on paper, you know, you're making more money, you, most people would con. Uh, consider you more successful are you though you're not you know and and i think tying back to this whole motivation thing it's kind of like the question what makes you motivated is it happiness or money well i have another question to you that ties into this as well because you're a lawyer Mm -hmm. a successful lawyer Um, or on the path to being a successful lawyer would you say i think at the depends on just what we're talking about before you know like i think most people when when you say successful lawyer most people are going to say oh this guy wins a lot of cases and he has a huge salary uh you know that's not necessarily the case but what i was able to do was take the opportunities that presented themselves to me and make the most out of them so that i have financial freedom and i can pay off my loans whenever i want and have a you know a big chunk extra to do the things that i want to do and if that means that hey you know i still have uh enough energy in my young 30s to continue pursuing uh a career path as a lawyer a a more traditional career path as a lawyer um maybe that's it but maybe it's something completely different. I think what would consider my, me successful now is that exactly that, that I have the, the, the freedom to choose. And I, and, I, and I think that's, you know, time back to what we were talking about before. The freedom to choose is probably what keeps me motivated and what I would consider to be successful. So right now you, you are in that position where you're free to work as a lawyer and still have freedom to do other things yeah um i think this you know ties back to to that whole in-house versus law firm thing that i was talking about earlier generally when people work at a law firm they are you know they are tied to all these cases um they have to be there from nine to whenever they get their work done, which is probably nine at night. And it's a tough life. It's it's a very tough life. When you work in house, it gives you more freedom to because it's more traditional nine to five. I'm sure this is going to vary from job to job, right? Obviously, but uh, generally speaking, it it allows you more freedom, and you know. Once you leave work at an in-house job, you're not taking that home that work home with you as much as you would if you worked at a law firm. And I I agree with you on that. Um, there are jobs that are out there. Um, for example, a personal trainer. They work their own hours. Yeah. Um, 
But sometimes their job is still very, it's exhausting. Working is exhausting, especially if you're working where you don't really want to work. Yeah. And for you... um, But also, would you say, sorry to cut you off, but would you say that like a personal trainer might be just totally happy doing what they do, right? But do you think that society would consider that successful? That's a good question. Right? Because you're just a personal trainer. And, you know, what's the most amount of money that you're going to make as a personal trainer? Maybe $80,000 a year if you're really good. And I think and I think everyone just has their own definition of success. Yeah, but And it's just like so I might look at that and be like, "Oh, that person isn't successful." And I'm not a judgmental person, guys. But really, like but then you could look at at the same trainer and be like, "Oh my god, this guy is great. He has his own schedule. He makes so much money." Like I admire that guy. I want to be that guy. Yeah. I mean, he could be, you know, making a decent amount of money and he has no debt and he's working his hours. He's doing what he loves. And if he wants to take that weekend trip down to Miami, you know, he could could just do it. And there's no boss, you know, telling him, no, you can't. So, yeah, like I would consider that successful, but I would probably, I think it would be safe to say that a lot of people would, would shy away from calling that successful, depending on their age. Because I'm sure if you're like 25 and you make $80,000 a year and you have that, that's pretty successful. But if you're in your 30s, I think people would be like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just making assumptions, but... They're like, you should be doing more. You should like, be doing more yes. or whatever it is. Like, I don't know. But it, yeah. How, how do you feel about people that are starting over? Um, for example, I met this woman the other day who was, she's 40 years old. We were just having a conversation. It was like yeah. in the nail salon. And she said to me, she goes, I'm studying for my real estate license now. But two years ago, I wanted to become a nurse. My kids are older now. So I went back and I got a nursing degree. And now she's a nurse. She's a nurse studying for real estate. Did you know what but she was doing before 40. that? And before that, she was just a stay-at-home mom taking care of the kids. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, not that I know from experience, but <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I'm sure it's a tough job, but it's a job, right? Like, you you have to take care of a lot of things. And when your, you know, kids leave the nest, they she still have she still has that drive, passion, and energy to to. You know, put somewhere, and I and that's just where she chose to do it, probably. You know, so there's things that she's probably been interested in doing. So good for her. I think so too. I feel that a lot of people kind of get stuck because they don't know which direction in life they want to go or what they want to do, and I just kind of think people get lost. And I feel it might be because of lack of motivation. And I want to circle back for a second of like the nine to five job thing. There are people out there who work a nine to five and then they get exhausted and they go home and they just want to have dinner, watch a show, go to bed. You were in that position where you do have a nine to five job, but you go home. Or maybe I don't know this. When you go home, what do you do? 
Um, it depends, obviously. Like, but yeah, I'm not so mentally drained from the the day to day of of work that I just you know that I, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, if it, if if it's a workout day, like I'm I'm you know I'm I'm big into I have, I have a lot of different interests, so I'll I'll either work out or you know watch a bunch of things that I find interesting on YouTube or, you know, like, but I'm still learning and engaged and I'm not kind of like, uh, I'm not looking to get, uh, to zone out, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think that's what you're getting at, right? Where yeah, it's like people want to go home and they want to decompress. And when I go home, even though like, I, I still might be watching something, whatever, but I'm engaged right? and 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 I think there's a difference there where you know like I'm still learning and I'm still like you know I, I'm not tired you know but some people they they need to go home and the stress of the nine to five and the commute and all that stuff. So you don't think it's like a lack of motivation to do other things? No, I I don't think it's it's a lack of motivation. I think it's it's a uh, it's stress, right? It's you could only deal with with stress for so long. Some people are better at dealing with stress than others. Um, but you can only stress out for so long until you just want to chill out. And, and you know, that, that takes away energy from doing other things. And for some people, that's why they don't, they don't go to the gym. Uh, maybe it's why they don't hang out with friends as much or, or whatever it is, you know. But it takes away from other aspects of your life that you would normally be engaged in. Do you have things that you are stressed out about? Of course, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, like... I'm definitely human, <laughs> so I stress. Um, I wonder sometimes. Yeah. No, I know, I know. I, I know I have this big giant head that kind of looks like an alien head. Josh but... is actually a robot, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you handle your stress? Um, sometimes better than others. Like, I dealt with a lot of anxiety um, in my 20s. Sometimes stressful situations were too much for me they drive me, right? I don't want to be that that person that's crippled by stress. So when I do get crippled by stress, because we all do, like we're all going to have that point where, you know, stress just becomes too much and we have to shut it down and, you know, curl up in a ball and just, you know, lose ourselves in that moment. Um, Some people fall into that ball though. Yeah, I <laughs> like mean, they just like they kind of just stay there, they and, stay there, and they can't get out of it. Yeah. Like, but with me, I think I I know that I don't want to be there. So when I fall into those moments, I'm like, all right, how can I, I learn from it? You know, I'm like, how can I prevent this? What is it that got me there? And you know, what can I do to prevent getting there? And if I do get there, how can I handle it better? Right? right. I, I think that's just. The best way to go about it so that i'm not crippled by stress um there's this book that i'm starting to read and it's called stress without distress by han selly and it it's pretty much i mean the basics of it is that you want to have stress in your life right you want to have stress in your life that's the first time i'm hearing that no well think about it like working out is a stress right if you, if it might you, be a relief for some people, though. Yeah, it's a relief, but working out is a stress. Um, doing a crossword puzzle is a stress. You know, any like 
it it takes mental energy, right? It, it anything that's that requires energy is a stress. But you want to have stress without distress, right? So you you want to do just enough that allows you to get bigger and stronger. So when those situations present themselves, you know how to handle them. So if you were to, you know, right now, I know you're strong, but if if I were to bring you to a gym and say, here's uh, 220 pounds, could you lift it? But that wouldn't stress me out. No. Well, I'm saying if I put a 220 pound, you know, barbell on you, it'd fall into you, right? It'd crush you. It will crush me, yes. But if you started at, you know, 50 pounds and worked your way up. Probably 25. Yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But you, you work your way up so that these new stressful situations become less distressful, if that makes any sense any sense at all it does i'm getting it a little bit yeah so you know for example this this podcast it's stressful to do but the more you do it the less distress it'll bring you does that make any sense i agree with you a hundred percent there you go yes so it's it's like to say like um if you want to do stand-up you know like just go out and do it like get that first one where you're nervous get it out of the way get that distress out of the way um, but it's still stressful. So in order to prevent stress, you have to go through stress. I like that. I agree. I agree too. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh, since we're on the topic of stress and overcoming stress, I want to take you back in time for a second. How far back? Not too far back. Okay. Because you actually told me about this project that you worked on. And it was called Vibewire. Can you tell us a little bit about Vibewire? Uh, Vibewire was an app that me, my brother, and a couple of friends were trying to develop. Essentially, the, the nuts and bolts of it was that it would give you insights on what you wanted to do with your nightlife. Where would you go and what's best suited for you? I think the original idea was that we would kind of show everybody what the bars were like at the moment, which was kind of impossible because you'd have to have like cameras there. And if it was whack, why would a bar show? True. <laughs> you know, so um, then it just developed into like this um, souped up Yelp, but just for bars and clubs where you would get all these additional metrics of like what was the best time to go and, uh, what is the the crowd like and you know was it more of a a bro crowd or a yuppie crowd or whatever it was you know right so um yeah so we initially didn't have any in-house development skills right so we hired like an indian firm because that's all we could afford at the time is that a jab at indian people yes I yeah no no I'm kidding. Um, He's hurt in my heart. But a lot of Indians and like, <laughs> Josh. like no like a lot of you will get a lot of discount labor from India for for development. So if you like, Josh is pointing at me right now, guys, because I'm West Indian. You're West and- Indian. That's different. But if I'm I, charging Josh <laughs> to do this podcast, Listen, I'm browner than you. I could say this. No, I'm kidding. But uh, back to like 
No, you no. H- so you hired a firm. You to- hired a firm in India because, you know, like just, you know, they would do something for like $10,000 that an American firm wouldn't even look at if it was for 100000 unless they got a $100,000 deposit. So that, you know, right. you get a good sense of the price difference, but, you know, still a lot of money for, you know, as we were talking about before, I didn't have a lot of money. And, you know, so we, we looked towards uh, friends of ours to invest and we ended up spending a lot of money and it didn't go as we planned, right? Because when you're not the one developing your idea, it's it's difficult. So as we, like I said before, obviously you're aware of it. Uh, Jorge was aware of it. All of, you know, friends and family were aware of what we were doing. And for it to not go as planned was kind of like a slap in the face. Right. It kind of like said, hey, you know, wake up, do something about this. Don't let this just fail without some additional effort on your part. And you didn't let it fail. Well, at the end of the day, it did fail. But... I didn't just sit back and let it fail. So as we were talking about earlier, like I'm an attorney by trade. I have no coding experience and no experience in that world, or I didn't at the time. And I said, okay, well, if they couldn't do it, maybe I could get into it. And I just uh, put a lot of time and effort into learning how to code Java, which is kind of like, the it's mother- a programming it's language. It's a pro- programming language which allows you to develop uh, Android apps. Java is for Android, and I think it's like C something for for Apple. Just that in itself <laughs> just goes to show how poor my programming skills were at the time. But you still went. You still went for it. You still tried it. Yeah, like I put in a lot of hours. Like I put in a good thousand hours into learning and developing my version of the app. And for an attorney who had no, like nothing there, I was able to develop uh, an app which would detect your location, which is fairly easy, uh, but, you know, then get the 10 nearest bars around you, um, zoom in perfectly with, with, within the parameters of those 10 bars right. with you at the center. And then you were able to scroll and like, it's something that took me, I remember it was the simplest little feature, but you know, like the pins that drop on right. the map, you know, the pins. Yes. So I was, I, I had this, I wanted this feature where it would show you which pin it was that you were on at the time. Because as, as I said, it would have the 10 nearest bars, um, like showing, right. And each like you could only show like display one bar name at a time so i wanted a feature where it would display the bar name and the pin of that bar would bounce right up and down to show you that this was the one until <laughs> that took me about like two weeks just for that one feature i thought you learn. were gonna say like two months it- Two weeks of like good, like as I said, like I was working as an attorney at the time, so I, di- I didn't have like all day to do this. So I would research stuff at work when I had the, the time and opportunity to do that, then go home and code from like 7 to 11 at night, or even like sometimes like 2 in the morning, and then go to sleep and go back to work. And, you know, it was a tough experience, but 
I would, you know, at the end of the day, as I said, the, the app failed, but I learned a lot from it. And that was that if you have the motivation and, you know, the time, you, you can pretty much achieve anything. Yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever you want to do. I, I think a lot of people, they, they limit themselves and, and they say, no, I'm just a, I'm just a this or I'm just a hairdresser. I'm just a an accountant or whatever it is and like I have to stay within that world but I think if you're motivated enough you can really start you know crossing into to areas that you never thought you could and fairly quickly like I would say it took me two three months to go from nothing to to having something solid in in terms of coding or yeah 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 and yeah, a lot of different areas. You know, I think that's, I would say that that's a good, you know, uh, barometer is, you know, two, three months. Within two, three months, you, you could go from, from knowing nothing to being, uh, I wouldn't say proficient, but I would say having the bare necessary skills to become proficient. Does that involve like just doing a little bit of whatever you're trying to work towards every single day? Like how, I mean, you did say when you started programming, you were doing it every day. You were going to work, then coming home. Yeah, but it didn't, coding. it didn't feel that way, right? Like I was, mot- I was truly motivated in the sense that it didn't feel like a job. I wanted to do it. And the more I learned and, you know, once I was able to get that, that bouncing feature on those pins, you have to understand like a lot of coding is plug and, and, and place, right? Like copy and paste. There was no feature for that. There was nothing that I could go to some GitHub repository and say, you know, like that was a very novel thing that I did, at least, you know, to my knowledge. I was very proud. I, like I, I, I did something that that you couldn't have done before. That I couldn't have done before, yeah. and it didn't. It wasn't just a copy paste thing, which you know, like finding your location is very much copy paste, right? Like <laughs> every app has that, right? And it's not a novel thing. Like they don't re, you don't reinvent the wheel. But in, with that aspect, when I achieved that, then it was like, okay, what else can I do? And then, and and I just kept going, kept going. As I said before, <laughs> the app never took off. But at least I was able to achieve something new and novel to me. Are you currently working on new apps or programming? No, no I. What I, are you working I've on? Definitely left that world behind. As you know, like I'm, I'm big into uh, trading, whether it's Bitcoin or the traditional markets. Um, I, th- I think that's probably more beneficial for my time, as far as making money and 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 doing things like that. You know, I think when people were on this whole making an app craze when, you know, the app stores just started like, you know, five, six, seven years ago, it was kind of like a home run thing, right? You, you swing for the fences, you make a successful app and you sell it and you made a ton of money and you can retire. Um, you can't swing for the fences all the time. You got to make money somehow. Right. Right. So isn't there anything in your life that you're like, okay, like this is kind of like a a swing for the fences move. Like say if it was acting or anything like that, like that's, you either make it big or- Or you don't. Or you don't. 
And I feel like acting, and I am an actress, it is something that's very difficult, and I feel like you have to have a lot of patience and persistence to go after it. And every role, every audition, you go big. You swing for the fences. It's all or nothing. And a lot of times, you don't get it. But you have to keep going. You can't just give up. You just have to have that drive to want it, to want to keep going. Yeah. And But that's because when you get that role or you get that, you know, that big break, right? They, they call it that, the big break, right? Like, right. Because there really is no, it's a very difficult. I, mean, I wouldn't say there is no path, but it's a very difficult path. It's a difficult to, and long path. To make a consistent living as an actor without that big break. Right. Right? So you're swinging for the fences. I think uh, making an app is a similar thing where you can make an app and it's more than likely not going to get the role. You know, it's not more than likely not going to get bought by Facebook, but you're swinging for the fences. <laughs> that's, what you're, well, that's what you're aiming for. Would you tell people don't swing to, for the fences? No, I would say oh. swing for fences. Yeah. You know, like if you have the, the opportunity... You know, definitely go for it. Um, but I think there is a time and place when you're saying, okay, like, I can't always just swing for the f- fences. Like, right. I have to... Let it go. Not, not let or... it go, but I have to I have to sustain myself. Okay. Right? So that when the opportunities arise that I can swing for the fence, that I'm able to. Right now, you're swinging... To the fences in Bitcoin? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say swinging for the fences. You called it day trading? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's opportunity there. Like, I I learned a lot about it. Um, I think there's definitely opportunity there to make enough money that surpasses what money I would make on a salary job for me. It's because I have the the opportunity and the capital to do that, but I wouldn't say that everybody should just you know become a day trader because absolutely not. If you only have like five hundred dollars to invest or whatever, like it doesn't like you know a ten percent gain in a week is huge, but a ten percent gain in the five hundred dollars is fifty bucks, you know. Um, so. It's not the same playing field, but you know I'm lucky enough to 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 have that opportunity to at least try at, try my hand at this. And, I, and you started early in the game with day trading. Well, yeah, and I and I think kind of early. And I, and I, well, I didn't start early in the game of day trading, but I started early in the game of investing in Bitcoin, and I think that just goes back to my counterculture mentality um where everyone was like well if you have you know five thousand dollars why don't you put it in your 401k or your Roth IRA or whatever it is whatever traditional people are doing I know that if I do that I could only be as successful as traditional people right if I do what everyone else does 
I will be as good as everyone else. So you were thinking outside the box a little bit. Yeah. Um, so when I invested in Bitcoin back in 2014, it was, you know, I, I looked into it. You know, I didn't do it blindly. You know, I looked into it. The idea sounded good to me. And I said, this is a risk that I'm willing to take, which is outside the, the box of what everyone think is normal and acceptable. Do you think that's a quality that you have to have to be successful? Thinking outside the box? Yeah. I would say it's almost absolutely necessary because, I, and I think just from a definitional aspect of su- success is straying away from the average, right? And being better than the average. Because right now, we would all be more successful than, because we have more things and, and, and better lives than people did in the 20s, right? Right, more so, resources. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. But, you know, people wouldn't consider themselves successful in today's day and age because they're part of the average. So you got to set yourself apart. And in order to set yourself apart, you have to think outside the box. You're not just, I mean, like, you're not just going to do everything traditional and set yourself apart. I, th- I think those two ideas are counter to each other. What does success look like to you? Um, to me, and I, and I think this is a, you know, a good thing to circle back to, I think it's you know just leaving my mark on the world and, and, and pointing to those outside-the-box ideas. And, and maybe, because there's nothing that I can say, right? There's nothing that I can say that hasn't been said as far as, um, you know, the traditional model of success, right? I'm not just, like, I'm, I'm, I'm no Tony Robbins. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not going to say it there and, and say, work hard and, and, and do x y and z and and invest in your 401k and you know you're retired 65 and all that stuff like that's all been said like i i can't say that any better true i i listened to tony robbins yeah like like, he's great it's all yeah it's it's great gets you going yeah but it's all been said so i want to be the guy that that points to less traditional ideas and less uh you know mainstream things and and say you know what about this and what about that and if somebody's listens and 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 it affects them in a positive way you know i I would consider that successful what are some advice that you could give to someone who's trying to be successful i think everybody should have their own definition of success and the one thing that i believe people should consider in their own definition is what we we're talking about earlier is that financial freedom of uh, that that not only financial but freedom in a lot of different aspects of life and, and being able to to not repress the the things that you want to do and if you're able to do that you know by all means whatever what anything else just block out the noise if somebody's consider you know says you're not successful you haven't done enough and you're able to do the things that you want to do now, don't get me wrong. Like, it, 
in order to do the things that you want to do in today's world, you're more than likely going to have to work and put in some time. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like if you want to be successful in what you're doing, whether that's acting, becoming a lawyer, becoming a doctor, you have to want it and you have to put in the work. It is not going to come to you. Yeah. Um, and so I would say the the freedom to do the things that you want to do and the the passion of, of learning more and more about the things that you're doing. If you don't have that passion to just continually learn, I think that's just kind of like innate in like human biology is that we're curious animals. And if you lose that curiosity and you lose that, that passion to, to learn and discuss and grow, then it's going to wither away at you. So I think those two things, you know, the, the, the freedom and the curiosity is paramount to success. And I think if you're motivated on those two fronts, you're good. I think that's excellent advice, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. We will see you next time. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.